So this passage is very interesting. You may have heard me mention before, I had a friend in college and I hadn't seen him for years and we ended up reconnecting a few years ago and he, needless to say, was shocked I was a priest. <laughs> and he said, I, I just can't really follow this teaching that I have to hate my mother and father because in some of the translations and in some of the other books of the Gospels, it says, unless you hate your mother and your father, you cannot be my disciple. So this confuses a lot of people. Jesus says here in Matthew that we must not love mother or father, son or daughter more than him. And he, as I said, goes on so far in other translations and passages to say that unless you hate them, you are not worthy of him or to be his disciple. Now I'm going to take you back to seminary because we had a great discussion about this in my scripture classes, and I took very good notes. Those are what I like to share with you all. Um, so what does it mean? It, he obviously can't mean to despise or disdain them, because that would break the fourth commandment. So it cannot be saying, despise your mother and father. Um, you know, uh, disdain your mother and father. He can't mean that because that breaks his own commandment. So Scott Hahn really had it well when he said to hate is an idiom meaning to love less. Doesn't mean despise or disdain. Thus we honor and respect the other people, but never to the point that they keep us from God. All right, their love is only finite. But God's love is infinite, so it must come first. Now, my family did not want me to become a priest. It just was shocking. You've heard me say before, my mom cried. My dad said I'd never make it as a priest. My 82-year-old aunt said she thought I liked girls. Why are you becoming a priest? None in my family could understand this. But if I truly believe in my heart, it is God's will, I have to follow it. St. Thomas Aquinas said, you must follow your conscience even if it is in error. Now that doesn't mean that you purposely don't teach your conscience, the teachings of the church. That's not good. But we must answer to what we believe is God's will. And I told my family, I'll always love you, but if you disown me, I have to accept that. Now, thank the Lord they haven't. They've embraced it. And my parents are nothing but 100% supportive of my being a priest. So God's grace works. Now, what's interesting is right before this passage, what did Jesus say? Right before this passage, Jesus said, I haven't come to bring peace, but the sword. It ties right in. Why? because we can't put anyone, even family, ahead of God. And when we do, it will cause division. This is the kind of division that God is in the Bible because I heard somebody say the other day that, oh yeah, our country's in the midst of tons of division, but that's okay, that's what the Bible says. 
Not division from the truth. Division from each other when we stand for God. That's the kind of division. Not meaning that it's good that we're not following the truth because Jesus said we should be divided. No, the type of division God is ta- Jesus is talking about here is that you're going to stand with him even over your family. This is important. This will cause division. We can't put anyone, as I said, even family had a God, because when we do that, will cause division. God said this. Jesus said this. Now, many have left their faith because those in their family are not practicing Catholics. They are even critical of the Catholic faith. And is it, is it possible that you can still marry someone who isn't Catholic? Yes, it is. A Catholic can marry a non-Catholic, but few people know you need permission of the bishop. And on top of that, as long as they get married in the church, few people know that. And on top of that, even fewer know that you are morally obligated to raise the children as Catholic. And so we're not following this anymore. This is hard. It's hard to do this. But this is what Jesus meant when he said we have to love him more than anyone else. It's not easy. And that is why he then says that we have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. So when following him opposes that of even our loved ones, we must choose him. That's, again, not hard or not easy. It's hard. We will still always respect and love our family and our friends. Don't evict them from your lives. Love is key. But we cannot leave the faith because of them, no matter who they are. Jesus said, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. He just said this. He means preoccupation with others cripples us from being true disciples of Christ and carrying our own cross. That's what sin is. Sin is really taking our eyes off of the creator and putting it onto the creature or the created thing. As Christians, we know we are to love one another. This is true. But our love for each other needs to follow from the number one love, the love of God. That's got to be your number one love. So when we idolize even people, relying on them more than God, we break the first commandment. We don't realize that. I never hear the first commandment confessed but yet it's probably the most broken. You know what I was reading this morning? Listen to what St. Faustina said about this. This was surprising. I remember I, I had found this before, but listen to this. Passage 960, February 1937. St. Faustina says, Today I entered a neighboring room by mistake, and so for a while I talked with the person who was there. When I returned to my own room, I thought about that person for a few moments. 
Then suddenly Jesus stood by my side and said, my daughter, what are you thinking about right now? Without thinking, I snuggled close to his heart because I realized that I had been thinking too much about creatures. Interesting. Interesting. So this is what Faustina tells us. Jesus doesn't want Faustina to be thinking of someone more than him. Hmm. Jesus reproached St. Faustina for simply talking to and thinking too much about someone else. Now, this might seem a little difficult, but think about what our Lord is saying. How much more would he admonish us for the way that we attach ourselves and worship people or things, money, sex, or power, or even people? It's a wake up. You've heard me say before, the order in our life has to be God first, spouse second, children third. Everything else comes after that. Don't fall even into child worship. That is a very uh, common thing. Some say they don't, you know, my children doesn't, my child doesn't feel like going to church. So we don't go. I don't want to upset them. So, in the name of peace, they put family members ahead of God, thinking that this is true love. I want, I want to love them. I want to support them. And they don't feel like going to church. No, that's not love. That's denying them love. This is not true love. It's false love. Just like affirming our loved ones in sin. When we affirm others in sin, we're not loving them. Well, Father, stop being judgmental. I get that all the time. People love it when I kind of smile and I say my next book. Well, my next book is going to be about the Holy Spirit. I begin looking about consecration to the Holy Spirit. Even though consecration to Mary and Joseph are beautiful, incredible, we need them. I think it's all leading up to consecration to the Holy Spirit. Father, why not consecration to Jesus? Why not consecration to God the Father? It's all one and the same. But at the same time, you got to think about it. God the Father created us. His work in one sense has been fulfilled or you wouldn't be here. God the Son redeemed us. He's redeemed the whole world. Every person who's ever lived or ever will live. In one sense, that work is completed. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. But yet whose work is yet not fulfilled? The Holy Spirit. His job is sanctification. The first great act by the first person is creation. The second great act of mercy by the second person, the Son, is redemption. And the third great act of mercy by the third person of the Trinity is sanctification. And that's what needs to be done. The Holy Spirit is the one active on the earth right now. People don't think that. Jesus ascended to the Father, but he didn't leave us alone. He sent down the Holy Spirit after that. And so the Holy Spirit is the one active, the one on this earth that we need to turn to. And he's the forgotten member of the Trinity. And so we have to understand this. And so this is, this is very important. So I, that's my next book. But I always say that my other book is going to be Catholicism, why we must be intolerant and judgmental. <laughs> and people, people are like, you're a nut, Father Chris. 
But think about it. Think about it. This, it, it, you know, it, it, I was at Dominican House. I, I said this story before, but there were two brothers, Dominican brothers, arguing. I said before, I, I think it was about immigration or something like that. And well, I, I think this. Well, my opinion is this. And, and Father, the priest, the Dominican priest walks in, he's putting his books on the table, and these two are in the front row, and they're arguing about immigration or whatever. My opinion is this, I think this, and the priest stops in front of the whole class, and he says, he looks at them, and he says, what you think doesn't matter. Your opinion means nothing. I mean, could you imagine saying that today at a White House press conference? And, and I'm, I'm sitting there and he goes, your, your opinion doesn't matter. What you think doesn't matter. Your opinion means nothing. All that matters is the truth. That's it. And if somebody is falling away from it, we don't affirm them in it. Even sometimes in this world, how the devil is so crafty, he wraps it in a good cause. All right. But if it goes against church teaching, it can't be a good cause. That's why God gives us the church as our barometer. I did a, a, a teaching last week on woke, and there'll be more teachings of it coming. I'm going to be doing pride. I'm going to be doing other topics, transgenderism, only from the t perspective of church teaching. But people crucified me. I got letters because I'm, I'm not promoting BLM. Do you know the manifesto of BLM that they put on their own website? I'm not saying this. They are. They're in favor and promote abortion. Redefining marriage. Transgenderism for children. Destruction of the patriarchy and Marxism. Every one of those goes against church teaching. Every single one. It has nothing to do with your skin color. People tell me all the time, it does, it doesn't. I, it doesn't. We cannot support a group that supports five things the church has literally condemned. Family against family is now because God is forcing us to make a choice. You know, it was funny because in the 50s, these things weren't public discussion. Abortion, it was kind of hidden. Gay marriage, homosexuality, it was hidden. And, and so it wasn't. Now God is letting it come to light. And I think this is a good reason, a good reason for it. He's letting all this stuff, which become woke, come to light so that you're forced to make a choice. Are you for him or against him? You're for him or you're against him. And Father, how can I be for him? I'm for him. If you're with the church, because the church is the body of Christ. If you stand with the church, you stand with God because the church is his body. If you stand against the church, you are standing against God because the church is his body. This is what's going on. Apparent goods, abortion is a woman's right. Homosexual activity is love. Numerous genders is empathy. Marxism is equality. These are wrapping evil in good, what appears to be good. It's not. These apparent goods are dangerous. 
Satan's three tools, pride, he already did, he used us, nailed us in the garden. Fear, he got us, nailed us with COVID. Now he's using confusion. This is his plan, but nobody seems to see it. The church does. Stand with her. This goes, all these things go against church teaching, so it goes against Christ. So no matter how good it appears, if you are to follow Jesus, to be a disciple, what he just said, it's not easy. Deny yourself, even if you think it's a good thing. My sister, I said before, and I, I, many of us have talked about, I don't understand some things sometimes, but I, I, I trust in Christ's church. We follow Jesus, and if we follow him, we can't support these things. All right? How do we know how to follow Christ? As I said, the church. He left it to us as his authority, even if some members of the church have gone wacky. We have some bishops out there that have gone wacky, some priests out there, as Father Mark Goring always says, the world has gone bonkers. So what you do is you go to the actual teaching of the church. Don't find one schismatic priest and say that's church teaching. It's not. Sorry, but the teaching of James Martin and others who are out there trying to redefine church teaching is not church teaching. We have to understand this. Go to 1 Timothy 3.15. You will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church, the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. I don't need the church, Father. Well, 1 Timothy 3.15 says you do. Division is getting worse. Dying, there's a dying generation of church attendance. Morals are plummeting. Patriotism is disappearing. And there is division in the country, which is a bad thing, that we don't love one another. That's a bad kind of division. But the division that you stand for Christ, even to the point of having to put it ahead of brother or sister or mother or father, that's inevitable. All we can do in that whole issue is continue to love, even our enemies. Our enemies are not a political party or a certain movement. Our enemy is the evil one. Principles and princip or principalities and powers, powers and principalities. It's not the flesh and blood, it is the evil that the evil one has brought. But let's wake up, because if we don't see that, if we don't recognize that evil, we're doomed to fall into it. But the hope, Jesus gives us the answer right here. The sacraments, the church, the saints, everything God gives us, he gives us the tools. Our blessed mother, he gave us a mother. He gave us all the tools we need. So let's not lose hope. Have hope, but don't neglect the grace God gives, especially through the sacraments. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. 
please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.